To support this podcast, go to paypal.me slash positive sarcasm. All donation sizes are appreciated. Once again, paypal.me slash positive sarcasm. Thank you and enjoy the program. Five in a row with little Joey Yo. This is my fifth podcast. About myself. It's probably the best. Jay here, positive sarcasm.com. Uh, Instagram at positive. I'm going to hell. Instagram at positive underscore sarcasm for my drone. It's uh, not that you care, but maybe if you like, you know, pretty video of shit up in the air, you can go to at P.S. underscore Pelican for Pelican 2. The deuce uh, for my drone. That's uh, Pelican 2. But regular Instagram at positive underscore sarcasm. Facebook.com slash positive sarcasm. Twitter for however much longer until they kick me off. Um, at P.O.S. sarcasm. We'll talk about that later. Uh, if you want to contact me with anything, you can go to pay, uh, pay, PayPal. <laughs> yeah, you can pay to talk to me. Uh, positive sarcasm at outlook.com or you can go to positive sarcasm.com you can click on the contact button and you can send me all your info and all that jazzy jazz uh, if you want to donate of course there's a donate button there you can go to paypal.me slash positive sarcasm goose for haba uh, yeah this is my fifth podcast on my own and uh, I'm starting to get used to it um, we're still working on my setup for the twitch but I've been streaming for the past three weeks on twitch as well uh, so say hello to my Twitch fans, all two of you, who are probably off doing other stuff that's way more important, at least in Twitch, uh, Twitch currency. Ah, Dark Roast again. Dark Roast is like, here's the thing, when you, uh, the best way, argue, arguably the best way to make a cup of coffee, coffee is through a French press. It's cheap, it's quick. It just requires boiling water, um, but you do have to grind the beans. Now, the more the more coarse the beans are, the lighter the flavor is going to be of the coffee, even with dark roast. Um, you have to let it steep for a little bit longer, but if you just grind it to the to to like a fine cocaineish powder, you're going to get a much bolder flavor. And with like a dark roast, like a French roast, basically, you're going to get something that tastes like charcoal. Uh, so just keep that in mind. Um, if you are into that, but best way to do it is a French press. French press will cost you between 15 and 20 bucks. Boiling water will cost you electric or gas, depending upon your house or solar. If you're one of those people who wants to go off the grid, savage. Um, and that's pretty much it. And you can do it with any coffee. I mean, they prefer you to grind the beans, but you can literally do it with any coffee, even Dunkin' Donuts, which is disgusting. Do have some stuff to talk about. Do you have some stuff to talk about to get today to gay? All right. I said the word gay twice. Um, that's cool. But yeah, I do have some stuff to talk about. I It's my first week of not shooting a YouTube video. Not that you noticed. Because, you know, yeah. But it was amazing. The first thing I did on a week that I wasn't shooting a YouTube video was I woke up at 8, eight o'clock in the morning. As opposed to like 6 or 5.45 or 5.30 and running out the door with my hair on fire. Uh, and I made myself a coffee and I just sat there. 
That was pretty bananas, yo. I mean, I went from running around the concrete jungle of New York City to just waking up, you know, just, what do I do with myself? I mean, I did end up actually, I had to go do a project for Hero Pups, but it was not, it was literally nothing. I just sat there and did it in like my quote unquote man pajamas, man jamas. Um, and it took me like two seconds. And then I went and delivered it later and made dinner because I'm a fucking animal. And that was it. But it's just, it's so weird. I've been doing this project for two years, this little therapy thing for two years, you know, 5,000 views, which is really nothing. Um, and then all of a sudden it's just like that, it's done. Not that I want it to be done, but it is done for at least now, for like, I don't know, it could be a couple months, could be a couple weeks. I don't know. Um, there's other projects I want to do on the horizon, but that being said, it's, it was just weird to wake up and not have that rush of where do I got to go and anything like that. First of all, in the wintertime, it's much harder to find projects because it's so damn cold out. And that's not my fault. It's just the fact that there's no other events that are really worth attending. Uh, projects, uh, outdoor projects become more difficult. I'm not very good at, at um, talking. I don't want to talk anymore, really. At least not on YouTube. I mean, I don't have that. There's many other, there's plenty of other people that can talk for me. So why do I got to do it? Um, you know, this coffee actually isn't that bad. It really isn't that bad. I, I just, I've been on a, I've been on the French press for so long. And after like every, all the shit that people talk about, um, all the shit that people talk about when it comes to like, you know, Keurigs being gross and all the bacteria. It's just like, you know what? I don't want to do that. And it's just way too expensive. It's like, how fucking lazy do you have to be? Um, that looks disgusting. Uh, yeah. How lazy do you have to be to uh, make a French press? Hold on a second here. I'm going to just check something out here. Right now, I, I got this old ass computer that's also going to tr try to do... Um, it's going to try to do, what do you call it, uh, Facebook, Facebook, but this camera is disgusting. I mean, it looks awful. So I'm going to take, let's see, what does it look like here? Look right there. Oh, I can't do that. That's no good. So what I'm going to have to do is I'm going to get a webcam for that thing. So we're not going to do that. All right. Plus, when, you, when you're streaming on Facebook, I mean, who is it? Your friends and all your friends want to do is bother you. Well, Facebook friends, you know, those, they don't matter. Um. But yeah, I've been out for the most part. I've been allocating that downtime to. That's what I'm gonna talk about. Allocating downtime is like a really important thing because okay, I just finished. Well, let me put it this way: say the uh, say I, I I vlog. You know, I do the video work on a Saturday. Okay, I collect all the information that that night or that morning. I put it together in the in the format of where I'm. You know, what computer I'm gonna edit it on and all that jazz. And then by Monday or Tuesday, it's out. So now. And if it takes me eight hours to edit or 12 hours to edit or whatever, that's all that time. That's a whole day gone just for editing. So, and that includes the whole day of shooting video, the, all the time of shooting video, prepping, and, you know, you put that together with the time you have edited and all the prep time in between and, and then the prep time before and then all the social media stuff that you have to do after you post the video. That, all that time, and allocate, you have to be hyper-efficient. So, um, think about if you didn't shoot, if you didn't vlog, 
if you didn't podcast, if you didn't do any of that, what are you doing with your time? How are you allocating your time? Okay, well, all right, I want to play... Okay, I like... Let's just say, for example, I like video games. I haven't played a video game in a very long time. When I mean by a very long time, I mean like probably like a year and a half, two years. I'd say more than two years, actually. So... I don't care about that. So, how do you allocate time for something like that you really like? Or, like, for example, if you're, you're in the bathroom and, you know, you're sitting there, let's face it, 90%, 90% of the text messages you get, uh, the, the likes you get on Instagram, or any other form of communication or likes or comments, generally speaking, the person that's giving you that comment or sending you that text message is probably in the bathroom. And they're in the middle of an Instagram hole or a Facebook or they're scrolling on Facebook just fucking till the ends of the earth and they're sending you a text message with their dirty ass phone, with their dirty ass thumbs, sending you some type of, you know, you know, ask them if somebody sends you a text message, tell them to take a selfie right at that moment and send it to you because guaranteed you're going to see the bathroom tile in the ceiling or drop ceiling, depending upon how nice their apartment is, how much they can afford. Uh, but most of the time, when people send you shit, they're in the bathroom. That's gross. You can wait. But if you are going to be allocating downtime, how do you how do you do that? All right, if you do like shooting video, or you do like playing video games, or if you do like doing anything, I don't care what it is. How do you allocate your time? Well, for example, when I was just starting out the podcast, and I'm when I'm saying starting out, I'm talking like 2014. Okay, before everything blew up. Um, okay. Sip of coffee before I get into this. Okay. I was big into Assassin's Creed when it first came out. I would allocate one hour. So if I had a game, first of all, you can crush that game in like two weeks. Same with Max Payne. Max Payne, you can beat that whole fucking game in two hours. You go out there one hour a day. I was in a relationship back then. I was starting a podcast back then. I was a stepdad back then. I had a full-time job back then. I had all kinds of stuff back then, back then, back then. And you don't want to be sitting there. First of all, you're not very good at any of those things if you're playing fucking video games all the time. If you are uh, big in the kitchen and you do a lot of cooking, you do a lot of cleaning and stuff like that and organizing the house and all that stuff. So how do you allocate your time? So... I would be very strict with my video game time. So if I was going to play Assassin's Creed, I'd play for no more than one hour. One hour would give you plenty of, first of all, it'd give you plenty of time to get through plenty of plot points. Okay. You'd, you'd be, it would satisfy that endorphin rush that you are released that you need, that you get from video games. And it doesn't piss off your, it, it doesn't, wouldn't necessarily, ugh, and maybe I shouldn't say this, but, it won't piss off your girlfriend. Number one, it was a gift. But number two, it won't piss off anybody that's in the house. It's one hour. It shows that you're responsible because when you turn that off and it's like one hour every night, that's it. Okay? And then you have time to go do other things like clean your dishes or attend to the family or do other things. But it's just one hour. And maybe you can uh, condense it to instead of like seven days a week, five days a week. And if five days a week, it's three days a week because you're still getting that game time in. And you'll still pre- you'll appreciate the game just as much. You'll get your endorphin rush, and you won't ha- uh, be as agitated because if you play video games for like two, three, four hours, you are a fucking jerk off to talk to afterwards. 
You're 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 still still in video game mode. You're not social. I mean, if you've ever listened to like just listen to like Call of Duty Modern Warfare. Those people talking on the friggin' uh, in the live stream, in the in the live chat, those people are dicks to each other. And most of them are like 10 and 12-year-olds or some 8-year-old fucking from Germany who's talking shit to like a 34-year-old dude from Illinois. Uh they're not easy people to deal with after the fact. That's what fucks video people. That's the problem with video games. Not with video games, but the people playing them. Okay, so you need to just I'll drop it down to about one hour, and then you're done after that. If it's other projects, like it's a podcast or something like that, try to trim it down to like an hour. If you're in a social media hole, maybe don't try. First of all, like I just said this about the uh, phones in the bathroom. Don't bring your phone into the bathroom. Okay, and put it on silent. Put it on silent. Leave it outside. Go use the bathroom, come back out. Anybody who calls, anybody who texts, they can wait. If it's that important, leave a fucking voicemail, okay? It was invented for a reason, okay? And if it's one of those people, boyfriend, girlfriend, uh, uh, non-binary, that's a joke, um, who fucking gets pissed because you were in the bathroom 15 minutes and didn't immediately respond um, to their messages, get rid of those people. They're fucking lunatics. Don't waste your time with them, okay? Those people are too needy and they need to chill the fuck out. Text messages are, okay, I'm stating this for the record. Text messages are not important. They're not. They don't fucking matter. If it's something, the reason they're not important is because you can ignore them. If it's that important, you can go to the next level and call me. And if for some reason I'm not attacked, and for some reason this happens awful, it's like, I called you. My phone doesn't say that you called me. That's why you leave a voicemail. Okay? That's why you do that. It's important to do that because even if it says that you didn't get a missed call, it will show that you got a voicemail. You know? Because we're in this fucking battle with the new iPhone and the new Samsung Galaxy and Android versus Apple and all that shit. And, you know, you. Yeah, I'm not. Okay, I'm, I'm steering clear of that road. I'm not going down that road. Not doing it, not doing it. But go the extra mile. Oh, you called me. Yeah, I got a voicemail. Sure. And there's more stuff you can relay in a freaking phone call or to meet in person than there is via text message. Text message is bullshit, okay? Don't waste your time. Leave it outside. It's text message is for later is for later on or for hey, how far away are you or whatever that jazz. It's not needed. Okay. I know I'm going into some, you know, incoherent rant, but text messaging, you're going all you're doing and, and let's be honest, when you're in the bathroom, all you're doing is going down an Instagram hole, which is super easy to do. Next thing you know, 20 minutes later, your fucking feet are numb. Um are you going on Twitter, which is another thing I need to n- s- slow down or not do at all because I'm not very good at Twitter. I'm really not. But to allocate that time, go into the bathroom, take care of what you need to do. If you're going to play video games, go play games for like an hour, put the thing away. Save your game, be done with it. There's no fucking excuses. You'll appreciate the game more too. Now, I did want to talk about, oh, yeah, uh, I want to wish everybody, I hope everybody had a great Thanksgiving. No matter what, if you celebrated or not, I don't know how that works. Hold on. Definitely needed a coffee after today. Family holiday arguments. Um, 
this is something that to me is avoidable. It's a tough subject because families are one of those things that there, there is no perfect family. There's always that holiday argument, especially nowadays with the political climate. Okay. Well, obviously, if Congress can't get along, there's no reason why the family should get along. First of all, politics should not come up in the house. They shouldn't. Politics and religion, unless it's a relig- you're in a religious family, politics should not come up in the house at all. If it is, you can you have a one-on-one discussion in private. There is no third party. You learn about the because even with the family members that you are with, even if you grew up with them and and they know you really well, they still have different experiences and different life choices and they're just different people in general. So they're going to have different thoughts and opinions on politics. So sit down and talk with them one-on-one and find out what their thoughts and feelings are about things in general, just about life. Forget about politics. Move the politics aside. Just about thoughts and feelings about life. And from there, you can work towards a resolution. But to go into, and it's, you think this doesn't happen. It does happen all the time. People start drinking. People start gossiping. Some people in the family don't have, have things haven't worked out as well as they wanted to. So they start looking at, you know, oh, Sarah, that bitch, um, their fucking husband. And it doesn't work out for them, so they start to look at you like you're like you know they're haters. I had this problem when I was in in Athens, Georgia. I was there for a wedding. If you want to go check it out, you can check out Week ninety eight. It's called First Dance. Um, and I want to get back into that a little bit later. But there was uh somebody there from my side of the family who I fucking can't stand. She pisses me off to no end. So an older woman, and just she looked at me, she's like, what are you, some type of YouTube hotshot? And I'm like, I, the first thing that wanted to come out of my mouth was like, fuck you, lady, okay? You have any idea what it's like to put two years into something like this? Oh, you fucking shot out a kid. Well, aren't you special? Um, your kids hate you, by the way. So these things, is it's like, I, I can't stand it. It, it, this little, these little family um, quarrels. So one of the things you can do to avoid a family arguments is number one: if you don't don't drink too much, avoid politics at all cost. If you do want to discuss politics with somebody, be like, listen, we can discuss this privately one on one sometime. Maybe we can get a better understanding of each other. Maybe it'll help us be a better family. Okay, my family's fucked up. Okay, I don't talk to my brother. My mom lives friggin' uh, she lives in South Carolina. My sister's pretty good though; she's doing okay. Uh, but for the most part, it's it's a mess. I disappeared for a couple of years, not talking to my family. Uh, probably for the best because I wasn't. It wasn't good for me to be around anybody at that point. But you know, everybody's family's fucked up in some way. But yeah, there's family that you refuse to be around, and that's fine. They're just constantly negative. Then you don't want to be around them. You don't need to be around them. That's perfectly fine. Um, you want it to be a positive moment, right? You want if you're gonna go to a family thing, even if it's a fucking funeral, you do want it to be a positive moment. You want it to be a positive experience. You want it to be a learning experience. That's what family is, or what it should be. You know, you go there to get support. To help to push you back in the right direction in life, okay? That's the most 
one of the most important things about family. And I see that kind of fraying. But if you have a shitty family, you're not obligated to do anything. In my opinion, this is strictly my opinion. If you have a family that's constantly negative or people in your family that are constantly negative, don't be around them. If it monopolizes something like Thanksgiving or Christmas, don't go. Okay? The minute you don't show up, you'll know your place. Okay? People will say, why didn't you show up? But it's family. But it's Christmas. Yeah, but it's a fucking pain in the ass. And every time I go, it's an absolute nightmare. So I'm not going. Okay? Say all the best. Now, am I speaking from my experience? No, 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 no. I My Thanksgivings are quiet. My Christmases are quiet. You know, if I get invited somewhere, I'll generally go. Um, but as far as other events, like a wedding or something like that, or even a, especially a funeral, because everybody's temp, you know, everybody's emotions are all over the place. Um, just avoid those people. Or just say, I don't want to talk to you. You are a negative influence. It's okay. First of all, you'll feel a hell of a lot better. You'll feel empowered. Because people, even if they're family, they're still people. And they should be held responsible to the stupidity, stupidity, stupidity that they spit. Okay? So if you're gonna stay if you're gonna say stupid shit, don't think you are protected just by the fact that you are in the family. Cousin, aunt, uncle, niece, brother, sister, doesn't matter. Okay? Try to be a help. All right. I went to the wedding. I wasn't of much. I didn't think I'd be of much use. So the first thing I did was, well, they probably got a photographer. I doubt they have a videographer. So let me just go ahead and videotape the whole thing. And it turned out to be very much appreciated. And there was something in the in the episode uh, that I wasn't able to air because my hands are full. I bartended that whole pre-ceremony night. The night before this, they had a they had this really nice place, the graduate hotel. They had this whole house to themselves, and I bartended like the whole fucking family, both sides. It was crazy. So I helped out in that way. I tried to be of use. You know, it's better than me just talking. You know, talking to aunts and uncles that I don't know, people I've never met, who probably have no interest in what I do, you know, pretending to jerk each other off with verbal, oh, you work there. Well, that's great. That's real fucking awesome. Nobody cares. Go be of helpful use. That's what the uh, that's what I said. I said that in the vlog. I said, you know, dress well, help a lot, talk a little. So that's what I tried to do. And that really was appreciated, especially by the bride and groom, who were under a lot of stress. But we all, you know, I just did whatever I could because the first time I met truly the pre the bride and groom before they were bride and the groom, um, I really, I when I showed up the first time in Palm Beach last year, I had no money, nothing. I I showed up with clean underwear, and that was the extent of it. Um, and I've come a long way since then. And I do want to talk about finances, but when it comes to family, if it's family you don't want to be around, don't be around them. If they keep nagging you or they stay stupid, they say stupid shit. Excuse yourself in the area. If they persist, say I don't want to be around you. You're fucking negative. Doesn't matter who it is. It could be the the king of fucking Kenya. It doesn't matter. If they're shit family, excuse yourself from them. They don't matter. All they do is cause problems. Get away from them. Same thing with with Thanksgiving. I'm sure there were some families that got in some crazy ass political arguments. You can talk with them afterwards. 
You can talk with them afterwards privately or things like that. Not necessarily add things. Hey, can we, you know, don't pull them aside and be like, hey, that was me what you said. That's not the time. Let them, if say somebody says something stupid um, on Thanksgiving, shocking. That never happens. And they say something stupid to you. Give them a day. Give them a, give them a day. Give them a day to kind of let it spin in their head. Because they're going to, every day the brain will review what happened. And unless you're a complete fucking sociopath, which eh, I'm borderline, I'm a borderline sociopath. Um, but I do repay all my debts. Um, so I'm, 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 I'm sort of a freeloader, uh, which, yeah, also reminds me of something else. Uh, but for the, for if you, if, if I owe you money, I pay you back. Simple as that. Okay. Um, it's not easy. Let me get, hold on, get a coffee. Get a coffee. Mm. Um, let them, let their brains, anyways, let them sort, I'm all over the place today. Let them go through the day of the, of the actions they made to the people that they came across. And then, you know, there'll, there'll be things that will happen throughout the day. And at the end of the day or a day or two later, they'll be like, hmm, why did I say that? That was pretty fucking dumb. But they'll come to their own realization of some of the things that they do and some of the things that they said. And then that's when you call them or when you meet up with them. And then you talk to them one-on-one and you'd be like, hey, you know, that thing, can we talk about that? Is it cool we talk about it? Don't be like, I hurt my fucking feelings. You know, just be like, can we talk about that? Just, it, it's on my mind. And it's like, do you have any thoughts on it? Let them kind of open up. It's it, that's we need some civility, and that's kind of the one. That's kind of one way I'm thinking about it. You don't want to confront somebody right then and there, okay? It's there, I mean, maybe there are exceptions to that rule, but for the most part, when it comes to arguments at at in the holidays at the dinner table, if it's just unavoidable and you can't help, but it's just going to happen, you know what's going to happen. Don't go, just don't go. Imagine what you can do with a day off, with your phone off, with nobody bothering you, no family, just fucking do whatever you want. You know how many rooms you could vacuum? You know how much food you could prep? Prep. You know how much shit you can done? You could write a fucking thesis. A thesis. It'd be great. And then the next day you turn your phone back on and, you know, the fucking world's on fire. But that's besides the point. The fact is you had a whole day to yourself to just not do anything. And then you, you have a clear head and you can deal with the consequences afterwards. But it's not like you have to go. There's nothing you have to do in life, really. It's kind of a broad statement, but... And plus, if you don't show up, they'll know why that you didn't show up. Be like, I didn't show up because that twat was there. And I'm not... And I'm Furthermore, I'm not going if she's going to keep acting like that. That'll fucking... That'll change, that'll change up somebody's pitch real quick. So if you don't want to be there, don't be there. But you do want your holidays to be positive. And that's what I like about my holidays is they're generally they're quiet. They're generally positive. I'm cool with that. Otherwise, not going to go. Not going to do it. You know. And yeah, I know the thing about bringing stuff like, oh, we should grab a bottle of wine or whatever. It's like, unless you have something really cool that you think that you want to bring that doesn't require a ton of effort but you think it'd be really cool if you brought it don't bring anything they got everything covered 
If they're expecting something from you that's going to get huge hits, don't bring anything. They got everything covered. They got booze. They got food. They got TV. You know, they got the game on. They got all that shit. You don't need to bring anything. All you're doing is filling up their fridge. And at the end of the day, you fill up their fridge. No, they're going to give you stuff. Can you take home some turkey? Take home some stuffing. Take home some yams. Take my daughter. Take my daughter. Take, they're going to give you shit to take home. I went to my <laughs> I went to Thanksgiving. They gave me a bunch of shit. I met one of my bodybuilder friends in the gym and his beautiful girlfriend, Efi, invited me over. He was there, of course, and gave me more shit. And it was like a whole lasagna, a, a whole mac and cheese dish, a whole, that's a whole lot of awesome, more turkey. And, and then on top of all the stuff she gave me, she fed me three meals when I was there. I'm going to make you a plate. It's like, all right, she's going to make me a plate. I'm going to make you another plate. All right, she's going to make me another plate. Here's some dessert. All right, I'm eating dessert. <laughs> I felt like the fattest fucking piece of shit on the planet. By the time she was done with me, um, I felt orally molested. Goddamn Irish girls. Um, but that was great, you know, and it was good to see them, and it was nice to be invited to something I didn't necessarily thought I'd be invited to. So that was cool. Um, and I was invited to another thing, but I didn't want to go just for other reasons. But for the most part, good time. Uh, Mike and my new setup. I got an additional external screen attached to the laptop that's running the podcast right now. Uh, and it's completely independent, and it's just, it's kind of cool. It's kind of nice. I like the setup. I like it. I'm like, just admiring my own free, free handiwork. Mm. Let's see. All right. So, allocating downtime. We did that. Family holiday arguments. We talked about that. So, I had a discussion. <clears throat> And this is going to be the first thing I did when I got home, but I haven't had a chance to do it yet. I was going to talk. I, I spoke with uh, Turcotte of Polkin Productions today. He's an independent filmmaker. Maybe you've heard of him. <laughs> and we were talking about frame rates. And I was doing some research on, research on frame rates. Frame rates are basically, for example, if you're watching, and we've talked about this on the podcast before, but I'll just go over it really quickly. 24 frames per second. That's basically every movie you've ever watched. 24 frames per second. So 24 frames show up on the screen every second, and your eyes register that. Okay? Doesn't matter. 24 frames in a second. 30 is basically what you see on television. Okay? 60. 60 is what you use to slow things down. For example, if you, wanna, if you want slow motion video, what you use, like an action scene or something like that, generally something like 60 frames per second because what you do is if you cut it in half, so if you got 60 frames per second and then you cut that, you slow that video down by 50%, it's still 30 frames per second, which means there's no shutter delay in 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 your what your eyes see, but it's much, much slower. So you get the cool effect of the slow-mo, but you don't sacrifice any quality of the video. So I always shoot in 60 frames per second, depending upon, because I don't want to lose any frame rates. Now, but the thing is, is it is not as cinematic. That's the problem I'm, I'm running into. The fact is, is that 60 frames per second, when you actually shoot everything like that, 
it's streamy. It doesn't feel as you don't feel it's not as in depth. It doesn't feel like you're intimate. It's not as cinematic. So when you watch a movie or something like that, that's 24 frames per second. That's very cinematic. It has a different feel to it. It truly does. Your eyes, your eyes truly see something different. So we were going around with the idea of you know what cameras to buy. First of all, in my opinion, any camera that shoots, unless you have absolutely no reason to shoot in anything over 30 frames per second, you really opens up your opportunities as far as which cameras to buy. Okay. So for example, we were gonna test, I was gonna test this out. Week 88 was 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 sideways part three. And I did a lot of slow, I, I introduced a lot more slow-mo, true slow-mo, like 120 frames per second slow motion um, in that one. And uh, what I was gonna do was I was watching some YouTube stuff and I was thinking, okay, the question is if I do, if I film everything in 60 frames per second, but I produce I actually produced the final product in 24 frames per second. Am I going to lose any video quality in that slow motion? And from what I understand, and I'm, I'm going to test this out tonight, from what I understand, the answer is no. You will not lose any quality in that conversion. So if I have a slow motion section where a car is going sideways and I and it's, in, and it's filmed at 60 frames per second, 120 frames per second, and I produce the entire project, in 24 frames per second or even 30 I'll I'll test either one it shouldn't hurt the quality of the video it should look just as good but I'll get that cinematic feel as well with some of the other scenes and I won't have to switch between 24 and 30 and 60 frames per second in the camera settings I can just shoot everything in 30 or excuse me shoot everything in 60 be very specific because 30 frames per second if you slow it down uh if, if you slow it down, you may miss some things. 60, I believe, is where it's at. I like filming in 60. 60, you don't miss anything. Sure, maybe the video quality do- drops down a little bit. A little bit. But for the most part, the video quality I get with 60 frames per second is spectacular. Even on a, can- uh, 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 a Sony Alpha NEX series, it's still beautiful. So I'm going to test that on week 88 and see what the final product is when I shoot at 60 frames per second, everything, including the slow motion, which is like 120. And if everything looks good, I'm going to continue. I'm going to go ahead and produce every video at a, uh, at a lower frame rate going forward. And I'll still be able to get all the quality of the slow motion shots and things like that. And the time lapses and hyperlapses as well. A positive side effect of me doing that is actually the final product. The actual file will be, smaller will be a smaller size because if you have more frame rates it's a bigger file you have less frame rates smaller file less information voila so that brings me to the final part well maybe not the final part the second final part we'll see what i have for time what camera is good for you now normally when somebody goes they're looking for cameras they're looking for photography and when it comes to photography okay unless you are a pro photographer, okay, if you're a professional photographer, take your pick. You want to shoot with the Nikon D5000 series? You want to shoot with the 750, the 850? You want to shoot with the Canon 5D Mark II? 
the Canon Mark III. You want to shoot with the Sony Alpha A3 series. If you want to shoot with the Fujifilm uh, uh, X series. If you want to shoot with Panasonic's G85, G85 series. Uh, fucking go nuts. Canon T6. Doesn't matter. They're all great cameras. They all do different shit. It's up to you what you plan to do with them as far as photography. So as photography, go bananas. Okay? I only give a shit about video. I only care about video. Okay? My Sony Alpha does take very good photos right off the cuff. Okay? It does take very good photos. Even without a built-in viewfinder, it takes very good photos. But I don't shoot photos. I'm a video guy. I focus on video. So... What do I need? If you're going to shoot video, what do you need? Well, if you're filming in 4K, chances are you're only going to get 30 frames per second. Okay? So, for example, if you shoot, we'll go down the list. If you shoot in 4K and you only shoot in 4K, you're going to be very limited in your options. For example, if you're filming on the ground, your options are 4K at 24, 25, and 30 frames per second. Because generally for the budget, for the price... Most cameras on the market right now that are affordable in some way, shape, or form between uh, 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 $200 and $500, you're only going to get 30 frames per second at the most from that camera. It will be in 4K, though. So consider that. The problem with that, though, is then you can't really slow it down. At 30 frames per second, you can slow it down to about 80%. But that's it. That's all you get, 80%. And 80% isn't that much. And you can't slow it down any more than that, or the the eye will mo- will most definitely notice the skip. You don't want that. That's not what a good cinematographer does. And I'm not a good cinematographer. I won't do that. Okay, I've maybe done it once, and it was it was a cool shot. Unless you are going for a certain look, there's no reason to drop something down to like 12.5 percent of a of 100 percent speed at when you don't have enough frame rates okay unless it's a really the shot that you got was really really short on time and you wanted to extend as much as you could because it conveyed that moment and maybe you had a cheap camera or something like that so for 4k unless you have your phone because your phone actually enough a samsung galaxy s9 plus and the new iphones and the, the galaxy notes they all can shoot in 4k at 60 frames per second so great for them but how the fuck are you going to edit that and the fact of the matter is 1080p at 60 frames per second is fantastic quality. It all depends on the sensor, the amount of megapixels that the camera has, okay, and your, and your settings that you're using in the phone, your aperture, your shutter speed, uh, lighting, isolation, all that other stuff, all the other fancy shit, okay? The quality of your camera. So 1080p is going to do perfectly fine. 1080p is still great, okay? You just... All it does is if you're in a if you're on a TV that's 4K or a really nice monitor that's 4K or above, you know it's just going to expand the it's going to expand the the size of the actual video. And yeah, there'll be maybe a little bit of distortion, but 1080 is still legit. Don't knock 1080, especially if you're a YouTuber. 1080 is still legit, and especially if you're shooting with a really nice camera or you're shooting in really good sense uh, section, uh, really good areas, or something like that. So 4K has its model, and good luck editing it. Because editing it, remember, it's a heavier file. So it's a lot of information for a phone or a computer to process. So keep that in mind. Price goes up. 
But if all you have for 4K is your phone, and you you what you can do, you can still keep filming cheap. You can go and get a inexpensive uh, shotgun mic, okay? And shotgun mic won't be expensive. You can get an inexpensive shotgun mic for your cell phone, and you can go and get yourself an $80 gimbal stabilizer. So for boom, for about $110 to $120, you can turn your cell phone into your entire vlogging setup. Not that bad. Not that bad. So there's a lot you can do in that aspect. But that's if it's just your phone. Now, if you want to go with a camera, another thing too, if you are an older person, and I say this for a great reason because I see a lot of older people on fucking Facebook, when they do Facebook Lives or, uh, well, not Facebook Lives, but they shoot video and they post it to Facebook, it's always in portrait mode. Turn your phone sideways. Put it in port, put it in landscape mode. You can see more shit and it's not annoying. Just do me that favor. Everything in landscape going forward. Landscape, turn your phone sideways. Okay? Thank you. All right. So that's 4K. If you if you can find 4K, great. If you're still filming in 1080, 1080 has more cinematic feel. You just have more options in 1080 at this point. And it yes, money's always a factor. Okay? My friend John went and fucking bought a Sony Alpha Series A3. That's two grand. Two grand. And you don't just buy the camera. There's the lens. There's the lens that comes with it. There's you gotta buy additional tripods. There's always other options that you gotta get. Okay? Now lucky luckily I still had his his I still have his Sennheiser mic, his shotgun mic, and I made an additional uh uh uh, uh windsock for it. Just like I did with mine. So he gets that. He still has that. So he can still utilize that. But the extra stuff that you have to buy for that shit, you know, two grand for a fucking camera is a lot of money. Now, it's his money. It's his business. Great camera. But there's so much out there that I could buy for a fourth of the price. Fourth? Quarter? Yeah. There you go. So let's go. Let's look into it. If you're a vlogger and you're looking to just start out, all right. For me, for me, the cutoff is 1080 at 60 frames per second. Do you want good video? You want this in you want the frame rates? You want to get started? 1080 at 60 frames per second is where you're going to start, okay? In my opinion, for cheap money. 720 is not usable anymore. I'll put my foot down. <laughs> it's no good anymore. It's crap. So, you're going to start out if you say have a uh, 100 to 200 bucks. Yes. You can still be a YouTuber at 100, 200 bucks easily. 100 bucks. You can go out and you can get yourself, a, and you do lose some options when you're at that price range. But at 100, 200 bucks for 80 to 100 dollars, you can go and get yourself a Sony CX240 or a Sony CX440 or a Sony CX290 for around 80 to 120 bucks. This is a handy cam. So you get the you get the the convenience of it literally being attached to your hand. You can get a tripod, a cheap, a good tripod like a Joby tripod, GorillaPod, for an additional twenty dollars online. You can purchase. Uh, they don't come. You can't get an external mic with them, but you'll have an ex, you'll have for saving that money. You'll be able to get yourself like a cheap SD card. Like you can go out. You can go on slickdeals.net right now. There was an 128 gig 
SD card, micro SD card for $19.99. Boom. That's, that's like eight hours worth of video, bro. On 1080 at 60 frames per second. Uh, and that's for a little handy cam. So you get a little handy cam like that with the with the two point seven inch reversible. So the tilt screen, you get the you get the vlog tilt screen on a little handy cam, and it has a fifty four zoom, and it's a legit fucking zoom. It's about a nine megapixel sen uh, sensor, which isn't great, but for actually to be honest, for shooting daytime video, it's actually pretty good. It's actually really good. So the detail's really good. All right, it's it, when you start to get closer to the nighttime is when the video starts to get uh, grainy and uh, a bit soft and not as sharp. Soft, not as sharp. Huh. So that's another thing to consider. But it's they're durable. They're cheap. They have a decent stereo microphone. It's easy to utilize them. Uh, they charge. They You can use them and charge them at the same time. So you can use them for interviews. They're great. They're very, they're handy. And you can get all that. And the batteries are cheap too. You can get all that for like 120 bucks. And you get a cheap tripod and boom, you're good to go. So you can get one of those. That's the handy cam. That's the Panasonic makes them. Canon makes them. But of course, Sony makes them. Keep that in mind. It's the Sony CX240. Nine megapixels. Now, I try to base everything on having a reversible screen. It's part in the vlog. It's part of the vlogging setup. So, if you are looking for sixty frames per second in Canon, Canon doesn't really have much options uh, except for the Handycam series. Because everything that Canon has, for the most part, is in the T series, the Rebel series, and anything under the Canon Rebel T six I is not 1080 at 60 frames per second. So the C the Canon T6i gives you 1080p at 60 frames per second. It gives you a high, high pixel count. And it gives you that reversible screen. And generally when you can purchase that, when you buy that Canon T6i, whatever the bundle is, it'll give you that that nice lens too with the, with the optical stabilization, which you absolutely need as a vlogger. You need it. But that's going to cost you four to five, four to six hundred dollars easily. So Canon's out for these specifications. Sony is in. Sony, you can go ahead and you can get yourself a Sony Alpha series. the the begin The originals were the out with the next series, the NEX. There's this this the uh, three and the five. So the next three and the next five. I recommend the next five. You can get one of those for between $150 and $200. And some of them, yes, is it pre-owned? Most likely, but that's fine. And you can get those with the, with the, uh, with a 18 to 55 millimeter kit lens, which is actually a very nice lens. It's also a mirrorless camera. The downside of a mirrorless camera eats up a lot of battery, a ton of battery, processing all that information. However, the good news is with... It does have a tilt-up screen, not a tilt-out screen, which is good and bad for two reasons. One, it's still compact. It's still compact with a tilt-up screen. Okay. It is bad though, because of the fact with the Sony Alpha Next series, if you get 
a proprietary microphone for it, and the proprietary mic costs $100, and there's not a lot of them. This is the downside. It blocks the screen, and it doesn't allow it to tilt all the way up. All the way up. That sucks. But if you've been vlogging long enough, you know where to look. Okay, and you can also, if you want to spend a little more money, you can also get a uh, additional external screen to clamp on to your tripod. Makes things heavier, but it gives you more options. But you have to get one with a built-in battery pack because it will not plug into the Sony Alpha Series. The Sony Alpha Series already, number one, eats up a lot of battery because it's mirrorless, and number two, it heats up like a motherfucker. Matter of fact, my Sony Alpha, my Sony Alpha, excuse me, uh, overheats. And it will overheat. It will turn itself off, but it overheats. But because I shoot in spurts and I have additional cameras, this doesn't happen often. Actually, it's only happened twice. So if we're doing $100 and $200, you start creeping into cheaper Nikons. Like, for example, the Sony, uh, Sony, uh, Sony, okay, Sony CX240 Handycam, the Sony Alpha series, the earlier ones, the three and the five. Uh, you also can possibly look into cheaper Nikons. So some Nikons, like for example, the Nikon A900. The Nikon A900 is a point and shoot. It's got a 30 point zoom on it and it has a flip up screen. Problem is, is it doesn't, and it, and it also shoots in 4K. So you get the option of 4K. The problem with this camera though, doesn't shoot at night. You cannot shoot anything video wise at night. It's impossible. So don't even try it. But during the daytime, great video. And it's you get the compactness of a point-and-shoot. Sometimes having the compactness of a point-and-shoot is very important because having a large camera can attract eyes. Eyes bring questions, and that can be a pain in the ass. Sometimes it's good to be discreet. I get the best of the both worlds, the best of both worlds with my gear. It's small enough to be discreet because I can pull it off the tripod and it's not that big. The Sony Alpha Next series is actually quite compact. All right. But by putting on an additional uh, a flower petal lens hood on top of it and a proprietary mic with a uh, homemade windsock on top of it with the Gorillapod, it gives it more of a presence. Okay, so I don't look like a half-asser or at least non-professional. I still look semi-professional. So that between $100 and $200, you, don't, you definitely have options in, honest, weirdly enough, the Sony market, which is one of the better quality cameras out there. You get an option from Nikon. Uh, there's also the Sony, excuse me, there's also the Nikon, uh, I used to have it, the Sony, the Nikon B700. Has a great zoom on it. Problem is it doesn't shoot at night at all, but it does have great battery life. So if you're shooting during the day, you need a zoom lens, you need a reversible screen, you know, it is an option. But just don't expect the Nikon series with their shitty-ass sensors, at least from the bridge cameras. The bridge cameras and the point-and-shoots don't have good sensors, light sensors. So it's going to be shit at night. Okay? So that's for Nikon. And basically, you do have options, and you have a lot of options between $100 and $200. You can get, you can get a Sony Handycam for about 100 bucks, and then you can go and get yourself a waterproof camera like the XP90 or the XP120 from Fujifilm. So waterproof, so now you have that. Or you can go get yourself a GoPro on top of that. So now you have a little vlogging arsenal. And if you have a drone on top of that, get the fuck out. And remember, the same rules apply for drones. 60 frames per second, good camera, 12 megapixels. The, the Spark shoots in 12 megapixels. The, the Phantom 3 Series shoots in 12 megapixels. 
uh, uh, the Mavic shoots in 12 megapixels. So you have the you have high quality video, and they shoot well at night. Okay, and they come with a built-in stabilizer. For three hundred dollars, you start to get access to Sony's Alpha series, the A5000 and the A5100. You start to get access to more Nikon B700s. You start to get uh, access to the Nikon uh, D5200, which is not waterproof and it's fucking heavy, but it gives you more options as far as what lenses you want to put on there. You get 1080p video. You get access to a uh, a standard microphone jack input. I do not recommend the recommend the Sennheiser MKE for that. It's really soft. Okay. But you do get several options. You start getting a, a few more options in the Nikon area. You get much uh, the same amount of options for the Sony market as far as the next series, the Sony Alpha series. Uh, Canon, you're still kind of limited. Okay. Fujifilm, um, uh, Olympus. Olympus, you start getting some options too for the most part. Panasonic, when you're in 300 bucks. Here's the key. When you're at 300 then you start. Panasonic has an option. It's called the it's called the FZ three hundred. It's a twelve megapixel bridge camera. So the lens is built in. the ext- The extended lens is built in, just like the Nikon B seven hundred. Now the problem with bridge cameras is they have smaller sensors generally, so they're not good to see at night. But they, I mean, they don't shoot for shit at night. But that's what the Nikon series. That may not necessarily be true with the Panasonic series. And Panasonic, Panasonic, Panasonic shoots great video so i would you get the op and with the great thing with the panasonic fz 300 you get the great megapixel sensor okay you get zoom you get the reversible screen you get 4k okay so if you get 4k that means you are you are obviously getting 1080 at 60 frames a second that option as well and it has a microphone uh boot on top of the camera so you can put on an external mic too Okay, and vi- and audio quality is just as good. You is is just as important as everything else. Okay, I have an external mic. This is my second, third camera with an external mic. I wouldn't go backwards on that. Once you get an external mic, you're not going to go back. So you have the option of the FZ300 from Panasonic that shoots in Sony format, MTS, and MTS is becoming more and more uh, edit editable. It's easier to edit. I edit with it easily now. Okay, so Panasonic has that option. Fujifilm, you start playing with a little bit more. And Fujifilm is definitely a niche market, but they have great, great quality video. And, of course, fantastic for pictures. Once you start getting into four and 500, you get more options to mirrorless, more options to 4K, more options to mic input, and, the, and more likely, the lenses are to be included. And you start to get, op- you start to get access to Canon. And you start to get access to Nikon. However, with Canon now being in play, you may not necessarily want to be using a Nikon microphone, a Nikon camera. Nikon's not necessarily built for video. Nikon is built specifically more towards, uh, what do you call it, shooting for photography. They are changing a lot of their cameras out towards more getting having video capabilities. But for the most part, Nikon is for photography. Canon, though, has great, great video quality. And has been for quite some time, for for about a decade now. And once you get ac- once you get access to two of these cameras, there's two very important cameras from Canon. There's the Canon Rebel T6i. The Canon Rebel T6i gives you the option of 1080p at 60 frames per second. 
the reversible screen, the microphone jack, okay, the the uh, lens kit included, so about a, probably between, I don't know, either a 24 to 70 millimeter or an 18 to 42 or an 18 to 50 millimeter lens. Okay. Okay. Great battery life, standard DSLR video quality, all that stuff. That's between, you know, around 400 bucks. Not the T6. It has to be the T6i. You need that. That's important. There's also another one called the Canon. You can, and yes, are you normally looking at maybe pre-owned or refurbished stuff? Yes. Okay. But you are saving a significant amount of money. All right. And with mirror, and of course, now you're in mirrorless cameras and in DSLR territory. So they have the options of switching out lenses. And external microphones are not that expensive. But you do have to take them into consideration. Uh, tripods are cheap. You can buy cheap tripods on Facebook Marketplace for like 10 and 20 bucks. Uh, you can find freaking Joby tripods, gorilla pods, little gorilla pods uh, online for about $20 anywhere. There's the three, there's the Joby PB1 or NB1. There's the Joby 3K and the Joby 5K. That's all you need. If you're going to go with a gimbal stabilizer for a freaking mirrorless camera or DSLR, that's going to drive the price up to about two to $300 because a Zion crane is not cheap. Uh, you can't get the handheld ones for 80 bucks, and they number one, they won't hold a mirrorless camera. Too heavy. They'll burn the motors out. But that's just another option. The other Canon option you get is the Canon M50. The Canon M50, I believe, is mirrorless. Also shoots in 4K. You can get it in the $400 range. It comes with, and you can get it with a lens included. And to me, this this would be the perfect. If you had about 450 bucks, the Canon M50 would be the perfect camera for everything you need. Everything you were doing uh, with video, you get 4K, you get the reversible screen, you get that, you get the microphone jack, you get video stabilization. That would be my next camera, in my opinion. I could go, you could go with a Sony Alpha, another Sony Alpha series, but to me, unless you're going with the Sony A7 series, either one, two, or three, the uh, the problem with the Sony A6500, which is a great camera, A6000, A5000, number one, the 5000 series doesn't give you the options of a microphone, even proprietary doesn't give you the option for that, and number two, the screens don't flip out, they flip up, which limits your oper- uh, limits your options as far as a vlogger goes. Okay, if you're going to have that flip-up screen, unless you paid very, very little money for your camera, there's no point in getting the Sony Alpha series unless you're buying the Sony Alpha uh, A7, which is going to cost you anywhere between $800 to $2,000, depending upon which one you buy. And that may not necessarily include the lens, so keep that in mind. Plus all the other options you got to buy on top of that. Fujifilm, at this at between four and $500, Take your pick. You get the X series Panasonic. You get the F. You get the option between the FZ three hundred, of course, and the FZ one thousand. Panasonic. You also have the GX to G eighty five series. Panasonic. Take your fucking pick. All right, you're all set for shooting video. Canon. Get the Rebel T six I. You also have. Uh, you also have the M fifty. Nikon. You have the the uh, five thousand series. You can look into that as well. So you get all those options. Okay. Now, you also have another thing included. I'm just going to, I'll wrap up with this because, uh, what's the other one? Olympus? Olympus, you get the OM marked, uh, OM5 Mark II, I think it is. You also get that option as well. But remember, 
check for the check for the video resolution, how many frame rates, and where and how was the allocation of the screen. If it's just a fold out, that's not going to work. It has to be a tiltable, and tiltable in the opposite direction that you're shooting at. You also get the option here when you start getting to about $500 territory, you start to get the option of going back to the handy cams. And what I mean by the handy cams is the Sony. There's a Sony 4K handy cam, and it's a monster. It has a built-in eyeball. This gimbal, this this stabilized eyeball inside. It's it's on five axes inside the camera built in. It has a really long zoom. You have a microphone jack option. Okay. And you have all these other bells and whistles. And first of all, these things have great battery life. But it's all built into the Handycam. It's just a little bit long. It's just a little bit wider. So you get all the options that you're looking for here. 1080, high frame rates, 4K, uh, uh, you know, basically it's a bridge camera for the most part. The microphone input, the lens is included because it's built in. Great battery life, great image quality, shoots in night vision, and it will fit on a tripod. All this stuff around 500-something bucks. You can go and find them on eBay right now. I mean, literally, going back to a Handycam wouldn't be a bad thing. And you get the reversible screen? How the hell do you go wrong? And that would be, for the most part, because you don't want to spend too much money. At the end of the day, you have a primary camera. You're also going to need a backup. You're going to need a tripod, whether it's a broken tripod that a friend gave you or a regular tripod. You're going to need a Gorilla Pod. You're going to need a video editor, whether it's one you buy through Android Market or iTunes Market, or it's a desktop version. Uh, for your backup camera or for your cell phone, you're going to need a video. You're going to need stabilizing. You want to make sure that either your lenses that you purchase have video stabiliz- uh, image stabilization in them, or you're, you have to buy gimbals for that. So that's going to cost you money. So you got to take all these things into account when you purchase all your stuff, because you're not just going to buy the camera. You got to buy other shit on top of it. So you got to look at all that stuff. Me, I have three cameras. I have the Sony Candy Handycam that I've had since week 10. It's the CX240. Okay. That's lasted me. It's extremely durable. So I have that in my backpack. I have the Fujifilm FinePix XP, which shoots in uh, Apple format. So that's MOV. So I have that as a waterproof camera. It doesn't have a great microphone. But I can always cover that with a with one of those little wind socks. So I have that as a backup camera. That shoots at 1080 and 60 frames per second. That's another one of my backup cameras. My primary camera is a Sony Alpha Series NEX 5T with a proprietary microphone from Sony that shoots at 120 degree angle and a 90 degree angle. Okay, and that has a, a handmade wind sock on it. Okay. All right, so that has that and the Joby Gorilla Pod. Do not buy a cheap Gorilla Pod. If you buy a cheap Gorilla Pod from like Target or Walmart, I guarantee you the fucking thing's gonna break and you could jeopardize breaking your camera at the same time because that little pin, that little thread that you tie, that you screw that thing on, okay, on the cheap ones, it's glued. It's glued. And if you, after like the 10th use or whatever, or if the camera's too heavy, because thankfully the Sony Alpha series, my Sony Alpha, most Sony Alphas are pretty lightweight. You throw a Nikon D series on there or a Canon 60 or a Canon Rebel and you're running around like a madman, that fucking thing's going to break, your camera's going to fall, and then what? So my recommendation to you is make sure you have a really good tripod, okay, and a, and a really, and, and a Joby Gorillapod, the 3K or the 5K. Or the, the, the regular one. But the pin is built in differently. 
So make sure you take that into account. That shit's going to cost you a little extra money. So you're going to pay an extra 10, 20 bucks for the tripod. You're going to pay an extra 20, 30 bucks for the gorilla pod. So you have that, you have all that option. And then you're going to obviously in every, you're going to go online, you're going to go on Amazon, you're going to pay an extra five bucks to get one of those little flower petal lens hood things. Okay. That's going to cost you a little bit of money, but it's no big deal. That's going to cost you an extra five bucks and it'll get here from China in fucking six weeks. Video editor can cost you five, anywhere from $5 to $300. You can edit it on your phone if you have a really good phone. You can go uh, you can go and get Camtasia, an older version of Camtasia or Cyberlink PowerDirector for about 40 bucks. So you can go and do that as well. And Cyberlink PowerDirector is actually pretty good. Or you can get like Wondershare Filmora. Or if you're on an Apple product, you can use Final Cut Pro, which won't cost you much either. good coffee so you have a lot of options as far as i didn't know i was going to go this long on video which, which cameras to buy you have a lot of options as far as how much money you're going to spend and you don't need to spend a lot of money so i spent 180 dollars on my primary camera i spent 80 bucks on the backup waterproof camera which i still have all right the handy cam was 200 bucks when i bought it i got 100 i paid 180 for it but i still have it that thing's worth, that's probably like 80 bucks now if you bought it online. Okay. My gimbal stabilizer, which I can use for a GoPro or I use with my cell phone, that cost me 80 bucks online. That's by Zion, who also makes the crane. It's a great product. It has a 12-hour battery life on it too. Okay. So you, I have that. I have a broken full-size tripod that Turcotte gave me, but I can take any of my gorilla pods and wrap it around it and that turns into an actual tripod and that makes it a tripod again so it's perfectly useful okay so i have and i have so i have that and uh and i have my editors so i have these options it doesn't cost you a lot of money to run these things to do all this stuff it shouldn't it money shouldn't deter you but when it comes to what you're shooting where you're shooting how much that you should definitely have a weekly if you're going to say be if you're going to shoot every week a vlog every week you should take into account what is your financial buffer how much can you afford to spend each week on a vlog traveling ticket admission paying for food uh risk reward uh uh uh, uh, uh tolls all this stuff Especially now, too, when I was finished with New York, I blew up my budget for New York. Okay. Whatever I had when I went, I went for it. So you got to take into account. Do you have $100 a week to spend? Because it does add up. You drive somewhere, costs you 10 bucks. You buy food, it's an extra 15 bucks. You need tickets to get in, it's an extra 10 bucks. It adds up quickly. Plus all the gear you're bringing, you're going to need a backpack. How much are you, you going to charge for a backpack? Could be 12 bucks, could be a camera bag. That's going to cost you 30 bucks, 40 bucks, 50 bucks. All that shit, take into account. And that, is that per week? Well, okay, if it's per week, that's four weeks. So say you're spending 30 bucks a week to shoot a vlog, that's 30, 60, 90. That's $120 a month to shoot a vlog. If you live in a boring area, which I do, yeah, it adds up. So you got to take that into account every time you go out and shoot one of these vlogs. How much can you truly afford to shoot one of these vlogs? That you need to take into account when you go and purchase your camera gear. Because it's more important to tell the story if you're a storyteller. 
Okay. You can do a lot with the gear that I have. You can, really. All right. It, but the story is the most important thing above all else. Your editing skills matter just as much. Okay. That helps you tell the story. All right. There's a lot you can do with 9, 12, 16 megapixels that you can do with 20, 24, and whatever else is out there beyond that. Okay. But allocate a budget each week or each month or each day for how much you're going to go out there and spend, where you're going to go, because you can run out very, very quickly. And if you're not prepared, that your budget can get out of control. And I know that I knew this going into it, that originally in the first 10 weeks, the first 20 weeks, the first 30 weeks, I wasn't going to have a lot of money getting started because if you go into it broke, you're actually going to, you might be, you might be better off. You go into it broke, not having any money, learning how to work with very, very little. If you can't buy it, fucking build it. I'm not asking you to build a camera, but if you can figure out a way to build a contraption that can hold your tripod or hold your camera in a certain position so you can get a certain concept out on, you know, in, in the flesh, okay, go ahead and do it. I built a podcast studio with a free microphone, a give an old-ass freaking Toshiba netbook, and two microphone uh, uh, um, arms from China that cost me China that cost me 10 bucks a pop. And the microphones are just standard $30 microphones, $40 microphones. No big deal. It shouldn't cost you a shit ton of money to get this going. And I got a pretty decent setup. Okay. Two channels. Two channels, bro. Two channels. You know. And I'm, and I'm streaming on Skype. And I look forward to streaming on either YouTube, Facebook, or Instagram too as well on top. All right. So I still got to work out the kinks. But these are the things. Take that into consideration. So in conclusion... How much money are you going to plan on spend on your gear? The accessories on top of it. What frame rates are you shooting in? What's your resolution? How much are you going to be spending per episode that you're shooting? Okay. And of course, going back to the beginning of the whole podcast, allocating how much downtime you have between whatever else you're doing, the editing and the shooting and your week so that you can be better prepared for what's ahead. So. I wasn't going to discuss Twitter's new policy, but I'm done. I'm not going to go into it. It's just no point in it right now. Um, I did discuss the family holiday arguments. <laughs> that was a blast. Um, so I want to appreciate. I want to appreciate. I appreciate you guys for listening. Whoever dropped in on Stitcher. Thank you guys for dropping in. Even if it was only for like a minute or two minutes. Thank you guys for dropping in saying whatever. Um, if you guys want to hit me up on social media, you can follow me on Twitter at POS Sarcasm. If you want to hit me up on Facebook.com slash Positive Sarcasm, you can hit me up on Instagram at Positive underscore Sarcasm. My drone page is at PS underscore Pelican. Uh, positive Sarcasm at Outlook.com if you want to contact me, or you can go to the contact page at Positive Sarcasm.com. We can look at all the cool shit there. Um, you can contact me through that. You can also donate to the podcast, paypal.me slash positive sarcasm. Any amount is appreciated. I really do thank you guys for who have participated in that. Um, you can contact me through that thing as well, or you can just click the donate button on the contact page, positive sarcasm.com. And of course, you can find me on YouTube. Just type in positive sarcasm. Boom, I'll pop right up. So YouTube, positive sarcasm. Uh, I think that's it. Oh, Twitch, of course, is twitch.tv slash positive sarcasm one. Uno. Um, what else? And I got to check on iTunes. I don't know what the fuck's going on with iTunes. I could have sworn that that RSS feed was all set up and ready to go, but 
I got to double check what's going on with them because you can download through me, download me through Stitcher, Podcast Addict, and all that stuff. But I got to double check and make sure that RSS feed is still going to iTunes because if it's not, huge fucking problem. So I got to figure that stuff out. Uh, but that's it. I wanted to get really technical in, towards the end of this episode. I think I accomplished that. Probably bored. I think I even bored the fuck out of myself. But that's it. I'm going to finish this coffee. going to get to it. Uh, when, I'm gonna, when am I going to be back on YouTube? guess we'll see bro i guess we'll see thank you guys for listening if you want to donate paypal.me slash positive sarcasm hit me on hit me up on social media if you want to be a guest of the podcast or at least considered you can email me through or message me through all those avenues that you can i have an additional microphone and a nice comfy recliner just sitting here waiting for you i do have to get a new light bulb for my uh for my himalayan salt lamp it's really sad just sitting over there off and everything but I appreciate you guys for listening, contributing, donating, and commenting, and all that other happy jazz. But I will talk to you guys later. This has been a Positive Sarcasm presentation. <laughs>